Welcome to another edition of Rivals. Rivals has arrived, and now it's time to go. And where are we going today, Jason? Buddy, we're going to talk about somebody. Man, we crossed over in the NFL and with Dick LeBeau. I mean, I just... Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. I mean, there's an article on ESPN about, uh, you know, the legendary tales about Dick LeBeau, the NFL's greatest storyteller. You know, I played for Dick for four years. You played um, with him in, for two years, right? Two years in Cincinnati. Two he's years in been, Cincinnati. He's been in the NFL for 59 consecutive <laughs> 59 years. 59 years. Consecutive years as yeah. a player and as a coach. When I was at the Bengals, we thought he'd been around a long time. Right. Right? <laughs> and, and when I was at the Bengals, he'd been around a really long time. A really long time. Yeah. And, you know, you're just like, holy cow, Dick. And, and it's funny. Dick is awesome. And I loved playing for Dick LeBeau. I mean, he treated me fantastic. I mean, he was obviously a huge part of me being a first-round draft pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. He went to bat for me and wanted me and, and always treated me great. And you know what? He still picks up the phone for me today. I, I call Dick LeBeau and leave a message. And, you know, it honestly might take him – Four weeks, but all of a sudden he calls up and he's like, "But he calls you back. He calls you back. Yeah. You know, Nate. You know, you got that. He's got that. Still got that southern. You know, a little bit of drawl to him. And you know, he just says, "Hey, sorry, I had to get back to you sooner. And what can I do? And he's always there to help you and be a great friend. What a truly genuine man, Dick LeBeau. Is. I think what's what's shocking about Dick LeBeau for me is he has this such a mild mannered demeanor." Oh yeah, he's he's like Clint Eastwood, right? He's just yeah, this. I like that. Just this cool guy, you know. Just but man, you know, that he never the, really went off screaming no. and yelling and going. But nuts. the minute things had to happen, you know, here here came the three fifty seven, and boom, you're done. You know, I mean, he, <laughs> he just he just was he just was extremely cool. But you, you have all these other personalities, like a guy like Buddy Ryan, who's just kind of very in-your-face yeah, kind of so personality. Intense, or, right? Or, Screaming. Or a, and, or a Mike Ditka or, or some of these yeah, coaches. And, yeah. and he, was so, he was so calm, but he was just this – he was this assassin. You know, he was, he was literally that gunfighter, just as cool as could be. You know what's but, awesome is he backed up everything. I mean, he was a Pro Bowl football player himself in the NFL – so he played for he was one of the great DBs of his time. Well, he had sixty two interceptions. Yeah, in an era when they really didn't throw the ball. Yeah, but a and ball it, hawk. I and mean, he right? was and he was on some really good teams with the Detroit Lions, and back in college, yes. college all American at Ohio at the Ohio State University. And I mean, yeah. absolutely an incredible player, an incredible player, and an incredible football mind. Right, and he'd see things. You know that what I just. I lived this story, you know, on ESPN when uh, Ike Taylor told his story about Dick LeBeau giving him a heads up on a play. Hey, they're going to come out with something tricky here. I just, I feel it. So I'm going to put you in a soft coverage so you can stay back and just watch for this trick play. And, the, you know, and Ike talks about how he just bit on the play anyways, right? He just went up there, didn't listen to coach. They beat him, get him down the one-yard line. They score on it. And he comes back to the sideline, and LeBeau, you know, I love, I love the quote because I can just, I can see LeBeau doing this, right? It's like you're there yourself. He goes, we can't win ball games that you're playing like this. And just walked off. And, you know, Ike says, I wanted to cry because he let LeBeau down so bad, you know? And that's just, that is so LeBeau. 
And and man, believe me, I listened to LeBeau. We all did. And he would. I remember him giving us those heads up like that in certain play situations in the timeouts, and come over and you know talk to us or over on the sideline when we broke down when we came off the field, you know, and he talked to the defense. He was just he stayed calm. He he just gave you those savvy heads ups, and and it was just a great man to play for. Well, we were in Cincinnati, and he was a defensive coordinator, and he you know he'd been a long time defensive coordinator coach. Always got passed up to be the guy. To be the head coach. To be yeah. the head coach. He was always passed up. And and we had um, our, our head coach, Bruce Coslett, three games into the season. Things were ugly. We'd lost all three games. They're starting a second-year quarterback, Akili Smith, who's really struggling. Yeah. A lot of talent. I mean, we had a lot of talent. We had as much talent, I think, when I was in Cincinnati as – Really, any team I played on, played on a lot of good teams, teams that went to the playoffs, good good teams. And we're 0-3, and and Coslett just leaves. He just quits. He just <laughs> what? He, he doesn't get fired. Nothing. He's what? Just like, he's, he just walks out the door. Uh, I forgot this. I have had enough. Coslett just left. He just See, left. because he was on the staff when I was at the Bengals, too. Right, no, and, and he's a yeah. great mind. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's a, he's, I he really can like be an Coslet. abrasive person to people, but I, I loved I loved playing for him it, yeah. i really did i got along with him fine so he leaves and they they put the interim head coaching tag on coach lebeau which is that sucks right which is the kiss of death kiss of right? death yeah. it's just like and and it's, in cincinnati and, and they're things, already losing it's falling are, apart and things are ugly right so the one chance he gets to be a head coach it's in a crappy it's, situation it's the worst the worst scenario that you could possibly yeah, I, I remember him could possibly be in so <laughs> they, uh, you know, we, he he takes over and and they start letting me play. They just say we're gonna we're gonna bench the kid, and he's not ready to play. And and so and we start winning, and we're playing. Uh, I, I don't remember who it is, but uh, we ha- we we get a safety, and the game's really close, and. Everyone's like freaking out. You know, should we punt it? Should we kick it? What should we do? All of these things, could, because we're still we still have a chance to win the football game. And I remember him calling a timeout, and and players are you know players, coaches, everyone, they're giving their advice. Yeah, on what should happen. Mayhem, right? It's just insane. And he just very and he kind of put his foot down, and he goes, "I know what I'm doing here." Let me go and do it. And what he was going to do, and I, at that time, it was like my 11th year in the NFL. I never knew this until that moment. He was going to onside punt a safety. You ever heard of that? Onside punt. So we, so we had to punt. So the Cincinnati Bengals had to punt. We, so we he's going to turn around and kick it out of the back of the end zone. No, no, he was going to he was going to he was going to punt it ten, just like an onside kick. So you you know how you line up at yeah. the twenty yard line and you have to kick the ball. You can either kick it or punt it to the other team. Yeah. And he was going to onside kick. Oh, okay, okay. From the I'd state. never okay. heard of that. I didn't even know it was an option. And so you hear these stories. About these these players who said he knows everything. Oh yeah, Gosh. and in that and, and I thought I knew everything. Right, it, it, eleven years in the NFL, it's like yeah, I've seen yeah, it all. Here. Dick LeBeau has fifty nine, and, and I'm like I've never <laughs> I've never seen that. And I just remember going, yeah. 
I, in that moment, I, I just, I gained this just massive amount of respect yeah. where there was all this chaos going on on the side. I mean, I mean, guys screaming. I was screaming and yelling. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and he goes, he goes, we're going to onsite it. Right. And, and it's like, Oh, you can do that. That's yeah. a, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. You know, and he, and so he had this amazing ability to just have this, calm in all of this chaos like nobody else oh yeah could could ever have yeah you never he didn't get frazzled he didn't melt down you know in in the article it talks about you know some of his greatest memories and he he talked about the six super bowls that he's coached and you know i was fortunate to be in one of them with him and uh gosh i just remember you know and then four years with him in all of our defensive meetings and him as defensive coordinator and on the sideline under the most strenuous circumstances right and lebeau always kept his cool Always kept his cool. And he had great... People don't realize how great the defenses were under LeBeau. I mean, when we were... What? The San Francisco were up three to nothing at halftime, you know, against right. Joe Montana. I mean, right. our defense was just killing it. And, and it's so odd because... I'm just telling you, most defensive coaches are high energy, very are high yes, octane, very high octane. You know, you've got to come with attitude and and effort, and you you just got to bring it. You know, and they're just they're just these you know they're just the energizer buddy wired guys, yeah. and and he's totally the opposite of that. He's yep. more like an offensive coordinator type of guy, yeah. and he's just he's very cerebral and very much thinks things through. And then on top of all of it, he was a DB. Yeah. Right, they're yeah. not known to be like the tough guys. Yeah, right? they're, but here's they're, the DB from the fifties and sixties, yeah, like, man. You know, it, and and it's just and and he's really he's really this Renaissance man. And oh, he is, and a gentleman, and he's got that. You know, he's got that James Bond. If you know him, I mean, he's got that little bit of that James Bond suave. Oh, you know, totally right. I totally. mean, he's just a very handsome guy and debonair and. He's, and like the stories they talk about, the great storyteller of the NFL, that is so true. We'd get a story every day out of LeBeau in a meeting. So, so the interesting thing that happened with my Cincinnati situation, he brought us back in a situation that no one would want to be in. Yeah. And the interim coach went away. And he was named the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I want to believe, and I'd love to ask him this question. I want to believe that might have been his greatest satisfaction in his whole entire coaching career because that was that was an awful situation. It was it was awful. It was so bad. All right, been there. <laughs> I've been in Cincinnati during awful situations. Yeah, you, you know what awful is in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, there's some tough situations down at Spinney Field. <laughs> but you know, to have Dick LeBeau be the head coach, dude, I just even in a bad situation, I it gives me a feeling of relief because I Dick was not that. You know, call you out, demean you, tear you down, guy. In a bad situation, right? He'd just stay level. He'd come in, teach football, take care of business. What what a great experience to be able to be a part of Dick LeBeau's life. So we're going to take a break. But when we come back, I have a Dick LeBeau story that I'm still mad at him about. Really? He talked me into something. He was so good at it. Really? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he can talk you into anything, no doubt. All right, Rivals got to take a break. We'll be back. I'm excited to hear that one. Welcome back to Rivals. Talking memory lane with Coach Dick LeBeau. 
kind of an interesting thing in our careers. Jason and I actually were coached, not at the same time. Uh, so we got we got different versions of Dick LeBeau, but both of us were coached by him yeah. and and coached in Cincinnati. Yeah. Small so, world, man. I so mean, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, don't you think, that he's now the Tennessee Titans defensive coordinator. I see the pictures of him in those – those colors, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. It is, it is I true on that, and it's odd to me. But he's and he's assistant head coach too, I, I believe, yeah. right? And you know, how do you replace the leadership? Well, he's vice president of the United States as well. I mean, the guy has all you know. <laughs> well, he should. He, be. he can do anything. LeBeau's such a stud. But I can just see the leadership. I would make him my assistant head coach in a heartbeat, just from what he would bring to the table. Right? That just that wisdom. Yeah, I mean, you'd be foolish not to. I mean, he just yeah. he really has so. Uh, he was at Pittsburgh. I, I actually played against him in Detroit when he was at Pittsburgh. I got to experience the zone blitz, you know, yeah. firsthand, and it, and it was a problem. It, it it caused you, it caused you to have to rethink your whole offensive scheme in order to handle it. Yeah, because you you it puts you in a in a really bad position protection wise. There is a way to beat it. Oh yeah, there's a couple yeah, of ways. There's to always it. yeah, but but a lot of but you it took time for people to figure out how how to beat the zone blitz because it, it it it's a problem. It, it's a problem, and you know what? It just takes, and you're just looking for that. You're not you're not going to burn people every time, but you're going to create mental mistakes with the zone blitz, right? And people are going to miss their protections, and you know all of a sudden a guy comes through, no you know no touch, and murders the quarterback, or or a defensive or, lineman or, pops off of the line and out into coverage, yeah. And you go, where did you come from? You know, it's hard. It's one thing to see a linebacker. It's re- it's it's near impossible to detect a defensive lineman that starts on the line of scrimmage down in a four point stance yeah. and goes backwards. Yeah, you, it's really hard, really hard to see that, and then drops out. Yep. And, yeah, I did that assignment many times. Yeah, and that that's that's a frustrating deal. Uh, but so I played. He was at Pittsburgh, and then he was at Cincinnati, and then he went back to Pittsburgh. Uh, that's where he got me. So, well, actually, so I had played that year in Cincinnati. I had a one-year contract. Played really good. We ended up winning, uh, I think, four or five of our last six games. He becomes the head coach. And, and I was an integral part of him becoming that head coach. And the guys in Pittsburgh who had been in Detroit, personnel guys, we're now in Pittsburgh. They had been in Detroit, which is where I come from. They wanted to sign me. And I was going to go to Pittsburgh, and they said, look, I'm going to sign you to a two-year deal. Cordell Stewart's our starter right now. He's earned that position. We're not convinced that that's going to be a long-term thing. We know that you can step in, help us win. You're we a veteran. Know, we know all about yeah. you. So I'm like, I'm going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, and no I get a, I get a phone call from Dick LeBeau on the day of the draft, and he goes, "What are you going to do?" He goes, "I want you to come back here," and I go, "I wish I was advising you back then." I go, <laughs> "I go here. Here's the thing. I would love to come back because." I started to build a rapport with these guys. Yeah, your teammates. They, and you love they, Dick be- they believe in me, and 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 I I have the the most respect for you. I mean, I think the world of you. I go, but I I you know, 
you guys signed John Kitna instead of me. So what does that what does that tell you how you think about me? Yeah. And he said, "Look, I I I appreciate everything you did for. You have no idea what that meant to me. But I will promise you that I will let you compete to be the starting quarterback. And if you're the star and if and if you're the guy that's better, you'll play. So you can go to Pittsburgh, sit behind Cordell Stewart, kind of like what you did here, or you can you can compete to be the starter here. And I was like, and my agent was like, we're going to Pittsburgh, we're going to Pittsburgh, we're yeah, going to Pittsburgh. Heck yeah. And I was like, nope, I'm staying here. Dude, I would have told you to go to Pittsburgh. Why would you have told me to do that? Because you just it's Cincinnati. <laughs> you don't trust Mike Brown. I mean, I've been, you know, I went through that. Down there. I mean, I love LeBeau, but he's not in charge. He, he says he's in charge, but he's not in charge. So Mike Brown's in charge. So we right. We go through the preseason, and you can look it up. Stati- yeah. I, I, the guys know me. They believe oh, yeah. in me. John Kitten is a new guy. Same I thing play, happened to me, man. I play really well, right. really well, right? Okay. And I go into LeBeau's office, and and he had this look of like just a defeated man, and he said. We're going to start John, and it wasn't his decision, and, was it? And then, and John left, and I talked to him, and I said, "You promised me," and he said, "What you just told me." Yeah. He goes, he goes, this is killing me. He goes because, because I had no, I, they would not let me do it. He says, "I fought for you," and it, and he says, "I I wanted you to be my starter, but they said we can't sign this guy and look bad." Yeah, and that's what the decision was all Dude, about. I, I I can't believe I'm bonding with a quarterback <laughs> like this. I really can't because you know what? My story is almost exactly the same damn story. My last year at the Bengals, the in camp, I go in, I lead the team in sacks through camp. I'm second on the team in tackles in the camp as a D lineman, which you know you rarely do that as a D lineman. Right. And uh, I mean, I just kill it in camp. And I even missed one game with the AC separation on my shoulder. And uh, they take me out the last week, and I knew I was getting cut. You could smell it a mile away. It didn't matter what the heck I did. And I go to LeBeau one night, and I talk to him. And, his, uh, with, and my wife was in town. Roxy was in town. And we, I go find him at his office. It's like at 9 at night. And, and LeBeau, LeBeau had been, you know, had a couple drinks or whatever, and he was feeling good at the time when I was talking to him. And and I told him, I said, well, Dick, I said, I love you and I love playing for you, but I know I'm gone. And he goes, no, he goes, you know what? You got one guy really bat, you know, going to bat for you, and that's an important guy because I believe in you. I said, well, Dick, I appreciate it, but, man, I can smell this a mile away. And, you know, sure enough, I get, you know, cut, and they, they screw me in the process and how they could do it and, the, and lied to me and all that. And LeBeau had no part of that. But uh, I just know, and the news media is talking about, hey, they just cut the best D lineman on the team, and you know, you're just like, what are you doing? And but it was it was Mike Brown and Sam Weish in the end making the the decision, not LeBeau. But I mean, it's really close to what you're doing. You you outperform everybody. You see it, whether it's on the you know speed and the charts and every, in every way you statistically, outperform statistically everything. in yeah. everything, yeah. and yet you're gone. They, they had players go up to him. And tell him we want Scott to we want Scott oh, yeah, to start. Yeah. Dude, in three years, in two well, in two years, three at the most, that Super Bowl twenty three team, 
was totally disintegrated. I mean, I'm talking the very next season, they started getting rid of Super Bowl 23 players. And we should have been in the playoffs and fighting for Super Bowl for five straight years. So every, so all year long. Just Mike yeah. Brown, man. So all year long, Coach LeBeau says, just keep working hard. Just keep working hard. Yeah. Keep working hard. Keep working hard. And they finally, they finally were going to let me play. He, 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 he said, let, let, so he, he talked them into letting me play. And we're in practice, and I, I got injured in practice. What? Yes. And How did you like, get hurt in practice? I, Nobody's I, allowed to touch you. Yeah, I had this thing, and it, it started oh. in Detroit, and, it, and, I tore, and I tore this muscle off of Oh, my it wasn't from a hit. No. No, it was from throwing a football. Just throwing a football. Yeah. Just something tore on you. Just tore. It was awful terrible. On your ribs, right? But, but, I, but what I yeah. could tell is that he, he, was, he wanted to live up to his word. Oh, yeah. Dude, LeBeau was completely really, honorable, yeah. and... I love Dick LeBeau. I'd go to war for him. You know, he, he talked me out second. of better a better decision. He totally did. He did, and and, it, and he was good at it. Because man, I went through what you were yeah. going through, and literally, had almost I, had exactly. I, had I known that, I you know, of course, it, thing, things would have been different. But it yeah. was it was just one of those one of those interesting times. But here's the irony of the whole situation, and there's there's two two parts to it. One from me, and one from him. Uh, instead, uh, so I didn't go to Pittsburgh. And Tommy Maddox, who was a UCLA first round draft choice of the Denver Broncos, um, in, you know, probably the early 90s, like 91, 92, yeah. been out of football. He, they signed him instead of me. He ends up being the comeback player of the year. What? Because <laughs> Cordell Stewart gets yeah. out and so it's just yeah. like, you know. And it should have been you. It should have been me. But then here's the other irony of it is LeBeau goes back to Pittsburgh. From Cincinnati. Yeah, and then wins the Super and Bowl. wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I was so happy for him at that time. I mean, gosh, I love LeBeau. One, one thing we got to talk about before we say goodbye on the LeBeau story is, because we both experienced it, and they talk about it in the article, and that was his annual... It was the night before Christmas. the night before Christmas yeah. that he would get up and do in front of the team. And, and you have to, you know, if, if you have one thing in your life you get to experience... You have to hear him share that story because it's it's very powerful how he does it. it was. It's 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 writ memory, you know. So he recites the whole thing, but it's it's the it's the passion, it's the energy. And you got to hear Dick it. LeBeau's accent. No you know, question his, about his it. little. He's just you got to hear Dick LeBeau talk because when you hear that, it stays with you forever. He's got that that Southern charm, you know, accent that's never left never left him. And it was just, it was a great experience because I got to hear a lot of really neat stories from Dick LeBeau over the years. I lo- love the man. And you know what? Like I said, today he's still coaching at 80, whatever, and still answers our phone calls. Yeah. And, and those are the great things about playing in the NFL. It's, yeah. it's the people that you meet along the way. Those great relationships. Truly right? one of the classic guys in the world. And it's kind of fun that both Jason and I got a chance. Love you, Dick LeBeau. Yeah. Well, Rivals has arrived, and now it's time to go, and uh, we'll see you later. And we're glad that we had the opportunity to salute one of the all-time great NFL personas. Absolutely, man. What a great experience in our lives. Text Rivals to 65537. Go to all those social sites and like us. Catch you later.